My jungle will lure you in with paths that are deceptively apparent and secrets that will never be uncovered. Silver starlight may show you the way. Shape-shifting shadows will lead you astray. So open your eyes. I will show you a world etched deep in my mind. Only the greatest explorers of the unknown, those who are willing to lose themselves can unravel the enigma. For the essence of the jungle lies not in being found, but in getting lost. Welcome to Thorn's Jungle. Welcome to another episode of Thorn's Jungle. I'm your expedition guide, Adam Thorn. And today, it's that time, Pant Hoot Podcast. I haven't done one in ages, uh, but I love talking about primates. They're my thing, they're my jam, and I love them. So I need to do them more regularly, I think. If you guys like it, let me know. But I think it's a good way to learn interesting facts about primates. And as you may not be aware, but you probably should be aware, we are primates. So understanding how certain families of primates act and socialize, eat, basically everything kind of gives us an insight into how our ancestors uh, on the hominin lineage may have acted and behaved. So what's that saying that they that people say? Show me your past and I'll tell you your future. Something like that. Actually, is it, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's something like that. But anyway, once we understand the past and where we came from, it gives us a good insight into perhaps where we're going. Uh, so primatology and paleoanthropology is really fascinating. But this episode is going to be about monkeys and apes. What's the difference? And can you say an ape is a monkey? Or vice versa, a monkey is an ape. And we're going to crack into that. We're going to look at the taxonomy and what makes a monkey a monkey, what makes an ape an ape. But first of all, we're going to get into some animal news. And I've got little Peach here, my uh, one of my dogs, the Japanese Spitz. I've allowed her into, my, into this room as I'm doing the podcast. Normally, you would hear them barking, Peach and Ollie. Ollie's a Pomeranian, but uh, Peach likes being here now, listening to me uh, do the podcast. And I think when she's in here, um, you know, she she's distracted at least. So I'm hoping that's less opportunity uh, for her to start barking and interrupting the podcast. <laughs> so last week there was a lion escape at Taronga Zoo uh, here in Australia. And five lions got out of their lion-proof enclosure. Um, it was one adult and four cubs. And they were out and about for about ten minutes, apparently, before the zoo staff noticed them missing and sounded the alarm. But there weren't many guests at the zoo at the time. There was like a sleepover with a school... And they managed to get the lions back into their enclosure pretty quick. Um, the cubs basically walked themselves back into the enclosure. And I think one of them had to be darted, maybe the older one. 
um, and it was safely returned back into its enclosure. And this seems to be a common thing when um, big cats escape. They tend to not stray too far from their enclosure. I mean, there are some that do get out and, you know, roam for days, but a lot of the times they kind of freak out and want to go back into their enclosure. If you think about it, they don't know what the world is like outside of their enclosure. Their enclosure is their safe zone. It's where they're fed. It's where their water is. It's what they're used to. So they go for a little roam and then they tend to just hang around outside the enclosure. So luckily, it's fairly easy to get them back in. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Other times it can be pretty bad. You know, they there has been times where big cats have escaped and they, they need to shoot them. Um, but luckily, that didn't happen this time. They got back in their enclosure and they, they darted one of them. And people always say, I, I see it all the time, like, you know, why can't you just, if a big cat escapes, why can't you just tranquilize it every time? You know, a lot of times they're shot with real bullets and killed. And that comes down to the fact that a lion can kill a human being far quicker than it would take for a tranquilizer to take effect and knock the lion out. Uh, tranquilizer darts can take minutes to kick in and sometimes they don't work. Tranquilizer guns are notoriously inaccurate. Uh, a lot of the times they miss. You have to be fairly close range to to shoot a, an animal with a tranquilizer dart. Um, so if that line is a risk to the public, then they really have no other option than to than to shoot it, shoot to kill, because a line can take out a lot of people in a very small amount of time. And it sucks. Um, I understand why they have to do it, but I, I hate it every time. And it's traumatic for the zookeepers, the people that work with these animals, and ha having to see that happen. It's a tragedy for the for the police or whoever actually has to take that shot and destroy such a magnificent animal. Um, these people aren't rich dentists with small genitals here that enjoy killing lions. These are, for the most part, your everyday human being that actually loves these animals. So it sucks, but luckily that didn't happen this time. But the news coverage of this was bloody hilarious. Um, so when I woke up, I found out about it online and I was watching the news and there was nothing said. The news hadn't realized, right? About two hours later, breaking news, lions loose in, uh, in Sydney. Lions loose around Taronga Zoo, blah, blah, blah. At this point, the lions had already been captured and returned to their enclosure hours before this, right? But the news has all these bloody helicopters flying around. And so they're claiming that it's live, right? They're like, live at Taronga Zoo. I was watching the exact same footage, exact same footage, like three hours before, okay? But the news is now showing it and claiming it's live. And this is hours after the lions have already been returned safely to their enclosure. And for the next two days, the big, they're calling it the great escape and showing all these like massive male lions. And it's like, come on, 
that is super like fear mongering there like over dramatizing it it was insane and it just goes to show how much the news just blatantly lie so every time I watch the news it, I basically watch it just to have a laugh because most of the stuff they say on it is just absolute complete fabrication and I'll give you a perfect example actually when Rob and I were bitten by the reticulated python it was a 16 foot python absolutely 16 foot uh, it was, and it was under, an underweight reticulated python so it probably wasn't as heavy as it should be but it was certainly a 16 footer um, now one news uh, company comes out and miss like does a typo and says it's a 6 foot python okay and then every single news uh, platform that was reporting on it all said six foot, six foot python, six foot python everywhere. So one news company stuffs up, makes a typo, and then all of them just copy it. And it just goes to show how little research these news places actually actually do in their uh, in their coverage. They do absolutely none. And they even posted the video of it. And in the video, we say probably five times, it's a 16-foot pythons. So not only do these news places just copy one another, even copying the mistakes, they don't even watch what they're posting and what they're posting about. They're just absolute morons. So just take what the news says with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get down to apes and monkeys. All right. Now, time and time again, I watch movies or the TV or something, and I'll always see like chimpanzees and people going, oh, look at that monkey, oh, stupid monkey, or saying that the chimpanzee's a monkey. And it always frustrated me, because I'm like, it's an ape, it's not a monkey. But, l let me explain what actually makes a monkey a monkey and an ape an ape. Can you actually say that? Can you say a monkey is an ape or an ape is a monkey? And I'm going to break it down for you because there's a lot of factors that come into play here. Um, there's taxonomical factors, so uh, categorizing a primate, and this comes into play, and also the uh, morphology of the primate that comes into play. And that determines whether or not it's an ape or a monkey. Now we're going to start off with the taxonomy, okay? And I actually love primate taxonomy. Um, it's something that I've been uh, really focused on for the past year or two. And it's, it can be complicated, but basically taxonomy is classifying animals, plants, and uh, fungi. Any living thing can be classified using taxonomy. Um, like, for example, if you saw a, a chair, you'd go, okay, it's a chair. We know that. What sort of chair? Is it an armchair? Is it a, a stool? Is it a sofa? Is it, you know, a recliner? And you can categorize them uh, as detailed as you can. And that's coming from like um, domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. But within those categories are like subcategories as well and that's where it can get kind of confusing 
So with primates, we'll skip straight to the order. Order primates. Okay? And within this order is a suborder. And that is whether or not it's a dry-nosed primate or a wet-nosed primate. A dry-nosed primate is a haplorine and a wet-nosed primate is a strepsorine. So the wet-nosed primates are animals like your lemurs, potos, lorises, and your dry-nosed prim uh, primates, your haplorines, are uh, your monkeys, apes, and uh, tarsiers as well. So that's a suborder. Then you've got a infraorder, which separates them even more. So with your strepsorines, which are your wet-nosed primates, it will break it down whether or not it's a lemur, potto, loris, uh, bush baby, things like that. So it'd be like lemuriform, uh, lorisiform, things like that. And then with your haplorines, we've got simiiform, so your anthropoid primates. And now tarsiers are split from that now. So we've got simiiforms and tarsiiforms are now separate, uh, separated. Then we get into a parv order, and this is an easy one. This is whether or not it's a new world primate or an old world primate. Your new world primates are your platyrines and your old world primates are your catarines. So whether or not it's from Central South America, which are your platyrines, or old world, which is Africa, Asia, and that's your catarines. So what we're gonna be focusing on today is your haplorines, which are and which are monkeys and apes, also tarsiers. But narrowing it down, we're gonna be focusing on your simiiforms, which are your apes and monkeys, opposed to like prosimians, which are your uh, lemurs and things like that. Then with the parv order, we're gonna be focusing on the catarines because all apes are old world primates. They're from Asia and Africa. So the parv order catarine, old world primates, that's where we're gonna be focusing on. We're gonna take it one step further taxonomically, okay? So just bear with me here. So apes from your parv order, we get into families. And apes are part of a super family called hominoidea. And this includes gibbons, it includes orangutans, gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos, and also humans, homo sapiens. Um, and then from that super family, we go down to family, which is hominidae. And now in this family, we have taken out gibbons. They're part of their own family called uh, hylobatidae. They're hylobatids. Um, so this family now has been restricted to chimpanzees, bonobos, gorillas, humans, orangutans as well. All right, now what you'll notice is that doesn't include monkeys, okay? Monkeys are not part of that super family, hominoidea. They split from the lineage of that, that apes went down about between 20 and 25 million years ago, okay? Uh, monkeys branched off and started their own sort of lineage of evolution. So, can you call a monkey an ape? 
Well, taxonomically, no, you can't. Because although monkeys and apes are in that uh, infraorder, semi-form, the anthropoids, monkeys are not part of that superfamily or family of hominids. They're not part of hominoidia. They're not part of hominidae. Okay, so no, you cannot call taxonomically a monkey an ape. Now, can you call an ape a monkey? Technically, you can. If you're going by taxonomy, you can call an ape a monkey because they are part of that infraorder semi-form. But that, that, that's, that's it. Taxonomically, once we get to that infraorder, that's kind of where it ends and we start branching off into more families of primates. But up until infraorder, you can say that an ape is a monkey. But that, that I mean, where does it end? How far can you go back? Just because it's in the order primates, does that mean that lemurs are monkeys as well? Just because monkeys are part of that uh, that order? No, that would be that that wouldn't be a an accurate statement. But because they're all simians, then people would go well because they're in that infra order. We can call that they're alongside monkeys as well, and and it would be more uh, accurate to call an ape a monkey than calling a lemur a monkey because there is a lot more uh, closer evolution between an ape and a monkey than there is like a lemur and an ape you know kind of thing um, like pro simians versus simians but I, I still don't like calling uh, apes monkeys um Monkeys have their own families, their own family groups. Like with your Catarine monkeys, there's uh, there's just uh, one family actually, and that's uh, Cercopithecidae family. And then you've got the subfamily, which is your uh, uh, Colibinae, which are like your leaf-eating monkeys. So Cercopithecidae includes all monkeys in Old World. And then when you categorize them into subfamilies with your colobinase, your uh, colobine monkeys, you have like, um, you know, your, your langers, colobus monkeys, things like that. But with your platyrines, they're separated into five families. There used to just be a couple, but now there's five families within your uh, platyrine parvorder. And they're like um, Cibidae, Atelidae, Calatricidae, so you know your Tarsi, um, not Tarsi, bloody um, Tamarins, Marmosets are like Calatricidae, Cibidae's are like your um, uh, Capuchin monkeys, I think Atelidae's your yeah, Howler monkeys. Um, so yeah, that they get a little bit more complicated than your uh, Old World monkeys, but we're just focusing on Old World at the moment because we're talking about apes. Um, so it would it you can get away with calling an ape a monkey, but you can't get away with calling a monkey an ape, taxonomically speaking. Now, physiologically, there are differences. I mean, 
we're just talking about physical differences here, not behavioral differences, things like that, because there's certainly a difference there as well. But anatomically looking at a monkey, there's the biggest thing that stands out is the tail. Apes don't have a tail. But then also there's some monkeys that don't really have tails as well. They still do have very small tails, but it looks like they don't have tails. Uh, like your... And, and this is actually another thing. Um, on, on the island of Gibraltar, there are macaques. And uh, they're Barbary macaques, but they don't have tails. And colloquially, they're known as the Barbary rock ape. So they call them apes because they don't have tails. When in actual fact, they're not part of the hominid family, they're Cercopithecidae. So they're not apes. But just looking at them because they don't have tails, people call them apes. And, you know, a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, that was a determining factor, whether or not they had tails or not, made them an ape or a monkey. But also looking at them physiologically, uh, monkeys have a very similar posture to cats. Right? They walk on all fours, they walk quadrupedally, um, and their back is kind of straight as they walk quadrupedally. When if you look at our apes, they, for most of the time, walk quadrupedally, but their back slopes down to their hips as they walk. They're never kind of just perfectly straight at the back when they walk. And they do a lot of time, a lot of, spend a lot of time sitting in an upright position. Uh, so that is a big physiological difference between monkeys and apes. And then your gibbons, your hylobatids, are they're something else altogether. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I mean, they are, they are apes because they're part of hominoidia superfamily. Um, but they branched off from the hominid family, um, I think like 11 million years ago, maybe more, I, I believe. I'm not too sure. I can't really remember. Um, and then you got your orangutans. People are like, well, orangutans are pongids. And like, they are. They're still, they're part of hominoidia. They're part of the hominid family, but they're in the subfamily pongonae. So they're in a subfamily of the hominid lineage. So they are still apes. Okay. So, can you call an ape a monkey? Well, yeah. I guess so. I don't like it. Also, apes build nests. Monkeys don't. There are a lot of behavioral differences. Technically, you could get away with calling a monkey, an ape a monkey. As much as I, do, I dislike it. Because there's millions of years of evolution there um, that separates them. But you wouldn't be necessarily frowned upon if you said that. Calling a monkey an ape, that, that would be wrong taxonomically. But 200 years ago, you probably could have got away with it. Because there are, especially if it didn't have a tail, like your Barbary ape, your pigtail macaque, your mandrill, or your drills. Uh, they don't really have obvious tails. So a lot of the times they were classified, they were called apes. And there's a, there's actually a macaque, the black crested macaque that lives in Sulawesi. And they get called the black ape quite regularly because they don't have a tail. And they still get called that to this day, but it, it's, it's not correct. They aren't, they're, they're part of their own family of monkeys. 
of primates. So, yeah, I think just to be safe, leave the term ape to gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos, orangutans, and humans. Leave the word monkey to every like actual monkeys, and you can tell the difference. Like, if it's not like the apes are very obvious. They look like apes. They are very familiar to us. Uh, a lot of people have trouble determining the difference between a bonobo and a chimpanzee. But hey, if it looks like a chimpanzee, it's an ape. We all know what chimps look like. Gorillas, orangutans. So they're apes. All the other things that look like monkeys, call them a monkey. Alright? I, 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 all the time, this is a common thing. Buddy... Oh, it's a good monkey. Oh, it's a good monkey. It's not a monkey, it's an ape. But technically, yeah, they are simians. You know, they are anthropoids. So, yeah, I shouldn't get too mad, but... Yeah, that, that let's just leave that as the general rule, okay? <laughs> um, so, I, talking about the taxonomy, I probably lost you. Okay? It's, it gets a bit confusing... And especially when other people use different words for things, like there are interchangeable words, like with your infraorders, you can either call them uh, semi-forms or you can call them anthropoids. With your the infraorder, with the alemas and stuff, you can call them prosimians. There's a lot of interchangeable words as well, but. Um, yeah that, that, that's another thing that gets me with taxonomy it's all in Latin because Latin's a dead language it can't change there's no real slang or colloquialisms in a dead language because it's preserved as it is but they can still change the words like they don't have to be slang but they can still change the actual words and they do <laughs> like you know for example polar bears didn't you never used to be in the uh, genus uh, Ursid uh, Ursus Ursus Maritimus? They used to be in another genus, it was like Thigh th something or other, and it was only until maybe like a few decades ago they were put in the Ursus genus. So the words can't change, but they can just put another use another word, you know, so it can get quite confusing. Um, but taxonomy is fascinating, especially when it comes to primates, because you can go back in the taxonomy and see, for example, where chimpanzees split from humans' last common ancestor between 7 and 11 million years ago, and what is classified as a hominin, which is the human lineage of primates. And there's a lot of debate whether or not gorillas still belong in the uh, Homininae subfamily um, a lot of the times they are they say hominins are just uh, the African apes but then you get into tribes so this is like another complicated thing with taxonomy there are tribes and Homininae is the human tribe and there's Gorillinae uh, Panins are the chimps I think it's Panai um so it can get confusing there, but if, like, realistically, chimpanzees and bonobos are hominins because they are certainly part of the human lineage. 
and gorillas. We're actually more closely related to chimpanzees and bonobos than chimpanzees and gorillas, which is bloody crazy. So there is a more of a distance between uh, gorillas and humans than there is gorillas and chimpanzees, which is amazing. And um, here's another few facts as well, like we are more closely closely related to chimpanzees and bonobos than African elephants are to Asian elephants. That's how closely related we are to the panans, the the pan troglodytes, the chimpanzee, and pan paniscus, the bonobo. It's pretty cool, and. Um, looking at the hominin lineage we had some cool animals within our lineage you like australopithecus africanus uh it's like a bipedal chimpanzee looking thing then obviously we had a lot of species of humans uh in between and humans are the last surviving animal within the homo genus but before that there were a lot of homos walking around there was a lot and for certain periods of time homo sapiens lived alongside them uh we lived alongside the neanderthals homo neanderthalensis um there was see for the once that's not my dog's barking that's another dog but it's gonna set peach off peach please don't please come on you're better than that you don't have to start barking okay you mind your business um so there were lots of species of humans there was Homo heidelbergensis, Homo floresiensis, Homo erectus, Homo neanderthalensis, um, Homo agaster, lots of them, okay? And we're the only ones left, and we're not 100% sure why. There was definitely inbreeding between humans and Neanderthals. Most humans have between 1% and 3% Neanderthal DNA in them, so there was interbreeding, but probably what happened was we outcompeted them for food and resources and things like that so we survived we survived but anyway i digress maybe i'll do that on another episode to get into uh, more paleoanthropology and where we came from because time and time again i get asked well if we evolved from chimpanzees why are there still chimpanzees and it drives me nuts and i will get into that on another episode of thorns jungle but hopefully you learned something from this episode. Keep apes to apes and monkeys to monkeys. That's all I ask. <laughs> it was probably the most complicated way of uh, answering that question. But hey, we got there. And I'll see you next week on another episode of Thorns Jungle. Uh, if you want a pouch, Thorns signature leather thigh pouch, go on biothorn.com.au and go to the shop. You can buy one there. Uh, regarding the Patreon, I'm still working out a few bits and pieces, but I will get that up and running and announce that soon once it's all ironed out. And yeah, you know, for a small amount of money, you can get an extra episode, you can get more interactive episodes, video chats, uh, discussions, things like that. So keep it in mind and I'll let you know when that's all good to go. Anyway. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you on another episode of Thorns Jungle.